0: Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at KingsgateHobbs.com. And I don't know if you know uh, what the blessing is. Uh, I know we use it flippantly most of the time, you know, uh, bless you, bless you, blessings, uh, be blessed today. But we really don't understand the great significance behind that word. Now that word is so important because uh, uh, Paul and Gal- don't, we don't have to go there, but listen real carefully. Galatians chapter three, he said, uh, "Christ has redeemed us. He's rescued us. He uh, he paid the price. Uh, he rescued us from the curse of the law, so that the blessing of Abraham." Would come upon us. Somebody say the blessing of Abraham. So Christ redeemed us from something. He redeemed us from the curse, and the curse is threefold. Okay, it is spiritual death, it is sickness and poverty. So because Christ has redeemed us from that, a believer has no business being operating in the curse, uh, in the curse of the law, which is spiritual death. Sickness or poverty, you need to, we need to get out of there. So the, uh, the reason we don't operate there is because the blessing of Abraham is now on us. That's what Paul said. He said the same blessing. Somebody say the same blessing. So the same blessing that was upon Abraham is now available to every believer. Did you get that? So we're not talking about religion here. We're not talking about just going to some church and uh, being religious and say, Lord, I, I paid my duty this morning, walk out the same person. No, we're talking about something supernatural. We're talking about the blessing of Abraham being upon your life. Now, the blessing is this. It is a declaration that empowers a person to live at the highest level of success here on planet Earth. Now, our time in our planet Earth is limited. Even though God promises a long life, it is a limited life, all right? Now, our eternity, our life forever, well, that's never never stops. But your life here is maybe 80, 90 years, whatever you believe for. But it's a long life, right? Uh, 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 but not compared to what we're going to live. So that life must be lived uh, at the highest level of success because this is what God wants. Every Sunday night uh, uh, in the Spanish ministry, I'm teaching uh, for a number of months the articles. Just like the Constitution has articles, well, the blessing has articles. And we have to understand the articles that are involved or are part of the covenant uh, of the blessing so that we can actually believe God for them and function in that. So we're going to function in the blessing of the covenant, all right? And we want to function at the highest level. And this morning, I'm going to show you how to function in the highest level of the blessing of the covenant. So you can operate in, uh, in your life at the highest level of success. Now, when God has his hand on you, uh, it is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. In other words, uh, your intelligence and your intelligence. Uh, God made you that way. Uh, but it's not your money, it's not your school, it's not your ability, it's none of that. It's when God has his hand on you that you will be promoted in this life, right? Now, you take the life of David, and you study these, he was nothing but a little shepherd boy. And when God ha- God's hand fell upon him, uh, he was promoted from a shepherd boy uh, to become king of Israel. How did he do that? Say, well, he was a real smart kid. No, it was the hand of God. Now, you take the uh, life of Joseph. Uh, all of you know the story of Joseph. He was taken as a slave to, to Egypt, and then he became a felon, okay? He was accused of a crime that he did not commit, but he was a felon. Now, a felon in prison for what he was accused of, There is no way being a, a, a stranger and an alien He wasn't going to come out of that prison. He was going to die there. But God promoted him. He became prime minister of Egypt, the highest position of all of Egypt under Pharaoh. So all of Egypt was under his authority, uh, Joseph. How did he do that? The blessing of Abraham. So the blessing of Abraham started with Abraham, right? And uh, it empowered him for a 100 years. It came upon Isaac, and he was empowered to live a very successful life. It came upon Jacob. See, these are all the, the descendants of uh, Abraham. Then it became, it came upon Israel. But when we read the Old Testament, <clears throat> the blessing was just for God's, uh, uh, with, uh, God's children or the physical descendants of Abraham. It was not for any Gentile. But then Jesus came. Somebody say, then Jesus came. And now it's available to everybody, the blessing of Abraham. Somebody say, man, let's give the Lord a great praise offering for that. So it's, it's blessing. <clears throat> now, there's a lot of people, Christians, you know, I've heard they're, they want to they want, be Jews. You know, they want to be a Jew. You know, they even wear their little hats, and they're not even Jew, Jewish, but they want to be Jews, right? And they want to study their lineage and say, I'm a Jew. You don't have to be a Jew. You can just be in Christ, and the blessing of God is upon, a, upon you, right? And the blessing that we have in the new covenant is far greater. He said new covenant, uh, it's a far better covenant than the Old Testament. So when you look at the Old Testament, the New Testament is far greater. You don't have to be a Jew. You've already been engrafted in to be a son of the living God or a daughter of God. Can you say Amen. So when you walk out of this place, you can walk out, rejoice, and said, I will not live a life of struggle. A lot of people struggle through life. Now, I'm talking about believers. They struggle. Now, that's not God's will for you. If you wake up, understand what's rightfully, you quit struggling, right? You're going to be sickness-free, anxiety-free, debt-free. You're going to be all this free of everything the devil is going to put on you. So functioning in the blessing of Abraham. At the highest level, can you say amen? So this morning, uh, uh, let's start off with uh, Proverbs 1-7, because what I'm going to share with you this morning is wisdom, all right? He says, the fear of the Lord. Does everybody understand what the fear of the Lord is? It's not demonic, uh, demonic fear. It's, uh, it's the honor, the respect, and the reverence you give God. And when you reverence and, uh, and honor God, you have to honor His Word because His Word and God are one, all right? Just like you and your Word are one. If your Word's not any good, you're no good, right? If your Word is good, then you're good because you and your Word are one. How many of you know that our Word is important, right? So God and His Word is important. So if you say, I honor God, well, you're going to honor His Word. Some Christians don't even read the Bible, and they say, I honor God. Well, it's not possible if you don't read God's Word. You have to read His Word, honor His Word, live by this Word. Then you're going to honor God, right? That's the fear of the Lord. Now, he says the fear of the Lord is the what? Is the beginning. Wow. You're beginning now. In the knowledge or the wisdom of God, the Spanish version says it's the beginning of wisdom. All right? But fools despise what? Wisdom and instruction. So uh, you're not a fool. Somebody say, I'm not a fool, right? You're not. So you're a wise person and you're going to walk, you're going to fear God. When you fear God, it's the beginning when you respect Him. So if I asked you this morning, I'm not. But if I asked you, uh, where in your Bible are you reading? You say, well, I'm not reading. Well, uh, it's no way that you can respect God or honor Him or reverence God unless you're reading God's Word, because then you're really honoring God. You don't see God, but He's given you the manual, and you have to read it. And once you read it, you'll get a revelation. You'll get rhema. You'll get uh, understanding. You'll get uh, You'll understand how the world function, and you'll be very, very successful in this life so uh uh, we're going to talk about a wisdom this morning uh the greatest of wisdom all right Uh, so before we do let's go to the five things remember uh, about four or five years ago god gave me this and he said instill that and i started with a small group of one person then that group grew to about 12 and then i started the second group and that group uh, grew about 12. Then I started another group, it grew to about 20, and I have four groups, four uh, uh, connection groups I have every week. So these are the five things that I've instilled, and these are simple, but yet they're very, very powerful. And when we say read the Word, you're reading at least three chapters a day, a day, and if you'll do that in the one year, you'll read your Bible. Praying, somebody say Pray. Now, uh, if you've been here, we, we're, not just, uh, we're not just praying. We're praying with a purpose. Now, most of the prayers, well, I'm going to say, f- first of all, that most Christians don't pray, but I know you do. Most Christians don't pray, not even pastors pray. They just, you know, go through the rituals, but they don't pray. Now, when we talk about praying, we're not talking about praying for me, 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 right? That's the extent of most people's prayers. My car, my headache, my my bones, my my stomach, my car, my family, me, 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 me. We're not talking about that. We're talking about uh, uh, praying for other people, all right? Uh, What touches the heart of God? So we're praying for with purpose. So we started a hundred lists. When I was away for uh, ten days, God uh, God told me, he "Said my people are not praying. You got to get them to pray. I want you to have them pray for one hundred people uh, a day. So make your list of one hundred. and want to tell you that it'll change your life. So uh, it's powerful. When you get, let's say, if you got eight people, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, me ten. We're praying for a thousand people per day. Just ten people. That's a phenomenal." So my goal is to have 500 people in this ministry that count in both ministries that'll pray for 100 people. That'll be 50,000 people we're going to be praying on a given day. How many of you know that's a lot of people, right? Imagine 1,000 people. That's hundred thousand people that we'll be praying for. And our prayers is this for these people. You got your 100 list, and there's a possibility that I'm not praying for the people you're praying for. Maybe it's your mom. I'm not praying for your mom. I don't know your mom. Maybe uh, your dad or your brother or your sister. I'm not praying for them, but you better pray for them because, and this is what we're praying. Father, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, somebody say whatever it takes, whatever it takes, Father, these people are not going to go to hell and they're going to serve you. You see, whatever it takes. This is what we're praying. We're not praying curses on people. We're just praying that God will do it, and God knows how to work with people. So some of you here, there's a possibility you're on my list. So if you're on my list, I'm praying every day for you. Lord, whatever it takes, uh, Lord, uh, they're going to serve you. And how many of you know human nature? Human nature is this, that if you don't hit rock bottom, you're not going to serve God. You're not. You'll say, let's come to church. you say, I don't have time for that. Uh, let's read the Bible. Are you kidding me? Right? So, but when they hit rock bottom, I guarantee you, they're going to read their Bible and they're going to come to God. Right? So, that's the way we pray. Right? We're not playing around. We're praying that that these people will get to know God. Because what should it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lost his soul? Hmm? Right? So, uh, number three, fasting. Fasting is not dieting. Right? So, if you fast... And you're not praying, you're dieting. That's it. That's all you're doing. And that's not going to help you. Fasting is a very powerful tool. And you cannot be healthy unless you fast. You cannot. It's impossible for you to have a healthy body unless you fast. And you've got to fast at least one day, 24 hours. It would improve your health just like that. If you'll take one day, 24 hours to fast every week, your health would improve. Hypertension will be gone. And a lot of other diseases will be gone if you'll just fast uh, one week, uh, one day a week. Uh, Giving, that's talking about your tithes and offerings. That's very important because you'll never have any kind of... uh, Uh, prosperity in life unless you give your tithes and offerings. And then number five is what I'll be sharing with you. When you hit number five, you're a high flyer. I mean, you're flying now. When you hit number five, you're you're gone, man. I mean, your struggles are over, right? So uh, what I'm going to share with you this morning is that wisdom, the beginning, fear of the Lord is what? Is the... Is the, is, the, is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. Now, wisdom, uh, if you read uh, um, James chapter 3, uh, it talks about three types of wisdom. It talks about human wisdom, and it sounds good. Human wisdom sounds good, but it doesn't work. Look at the nations of the world. We have the uh, so-called most in, uh, brilliant people running those nations, right? And they're in a mess because human wisdom does not work. Then there's di- diabolical wisdom. That's when you connect with witches, warlocks. Then that wisdom will destroy you just like that. And then there's a wisdom that is from above. Somebody say a wisdom from above. There is a wisdom from above, uh, and that is the wisdom that is packaged in this book right here, the wisdom of God, all right? So the wisdom of God is these three things. It is meditating. Now, this is the wisdom of God. Now, it's thinking, saying, and working the Scriptures. That's the wisdom of God. You're thinking the Word. You're meditating the Word. You're saying the Word. You're saying the Word. You're saying the Word, and then you're working the Scriptures. In other words, you are... Uh, you are acting on the Word of God. That's the wisdom of God. When you think the Word, you speak the Word, and then you actually act on the Word, you're working it every day. You're working the Word. That's the wisdom of God upon your life, right? So the wisdom of God is very, very powerful. But you have to believe the wisdom of God. But let me say this, if you, were, if you do those three things, you won't have problems with faith because it's impossible without faith to please God. Some Christians say, Pastor, I just have a hard time believing God. Well, I know because you're not meditating, saying, and acting on the Word of God. Once you do that, you won't have any trouble with believing God. Does everybody understand that? So look at James 1.6. Is faith important? Well, it must be very important because he said, But let him ask how? In faith with no doubting. For he that doubts is like a wave of sea driven and tossed uh, by the wind. Verse 7. But let him, uh, but for, uh, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. Okay. Uh, he is a double-minded man, unstable in his all, all his ways. So if we don't have any faith, what are we going to receive from God? The big zero. Big zero. You're wasting your time if you don't believe God's word. We have to get to the place where we believe what God says, right? This is like uh, reading a book or a law book or whatever. You open it and you say, man, I believe that because it's there and that's part of uh, uh, the laws of this country, you believe it, and if you don't believe it, uh, if you break it, you go to, you pay a fine or go to jail, right? So uh, we have to believe God's word. Praise God. Can you say amen? We're going to believe God's word, all right? Now, when we believe God's word, uh, it, will, it, will, it will take you to a place of success. Now, look at Psalms 119, verse 98. And it tells us here that it will make you smarter than your enemies. How many of you know that we have enemies? And the reason we have enemies is because the number one enemy of our soul will make sure that he raises up enemies against you, all right? So we have to, uh, we have to be smarter than them. He says, uh, you, through your commandments, make me wiser than what? than my enemies, for they are ever with me. So when he says, for they are ever with me, he says, your commandments are ever with me. All right? Uh, let's read that in the uh, New Living Translation. Uh, and, and, and it says this, your commands may make, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. So in other words, they are your constant companion. You are, are suited up. Okay, well, every day with the Word of God. And when you do that, it makes you wiser than your enemy. Do we need to be wiser than our enemies? You have to be, because if you don't, you're not going to rise up. God's wisdom will promote you and make you wiser than any trick or any lie of the enemy. And I want to tell you this, that uh, you are presented with lies and traps every day of your life. The devil's trying to trap you right, to say the wrong thing, uh, to, do, to take the wrong step. But you see, when you walk in the wisdom of God, it makes you wiser than the plans that the enemy had for you. So it's very, very important, uh, the word of God. Does everybody understand the importance of God's word, right? So uh, this morning, uh, I'm going to share real quickly about the, uh, the, the wisdom of God, that will cause you to function at the highest level, all right, in this world, all right? So uh, the most important theme, the most important theme or subject of the believer, somebody say the most important subject uh, for the believer is serving God, okay? This is not for the unbeliever now. If there's anybody here who's not saved, not for you, but it can be for you. But the most important theme of the Bible, and the most important subject in the Bible for the believer, for the believer, is serving God. That is the most important subject. If you understand that theme, that subject, I want to tell you that you're going to fly, and nobody can uh, can catch will catch you or surpass you in this life. You will be a high flyer if you learn to serve the Lord. Can you say amen? Now, it pays. It pays to serve God. It pays the best to serve God. It pays the most to serve God. It pays big to serve God. Can you say amen? It is the end of all your struggles when you serve God. It's the end of all your struggles, okay? Now, when God is involved, things begin to happen. Alrighty? And we're not doing God any favors when we serve him, all right? God does not need favors, he does not anything. Everything we do in relationship to God is for our good. So when we serve him, it pays big. It pays the best. It pays the most, right? A lot of Christians are struggling for nothing. You're struggling for nothing. You just have to serve God. Understand what that means, right? So uh, this morning, uh, I want to say that serving God is the secret of life. It's the secret of life. You said, Pastor, I want to know the secret of life. What is all life all about? It's serving God if you're a believer. And it is the wisdom of God. It is the wisdom of God when you serve God. So when we serve God, there is a physical aspect to it and also a spiritual aspect to it. The physical is things like this, preparing the sanctuary to make sure it's clean. That's serving God. Uh, Standing at the door. Some of these brothers standing at the door, that's serving God. Uh, You're doing other things, media, whatever. Whatever you do uh, uh, within the kingdom of God it, uh, these, there's a lot of physical things that we do that, are, that are, are, are serving God. But there's a spiritual aspect of it, a spiritual aspect. And the spiritual aspect is this. You are praying. You are fasting. And you are reaching out to people. Uh, and when you do that, uh, you are serving God. And when you serve God, uh, and it's in serving God that we're blessed. Can you say amen? When you serve God, it covers all your needs. You say, Pastor, what kind of needs do you have? Zero. I have no needs. had a person one time tell me, uh, I guess he, think, he thought he could help God. He said, what kind of needs do you have here? I said, we have no needs. We meet needs. We don't have any needs here. I don't have any needs. So he thought he was going to help God with an offering. I had an Arab one time. He got really saved. This is an Arab businessman here. He's not here anymore. An Arab businessman. He got saved. Man, tears started coming down this Arab. And he cried and cried, and he came up to me and said, What can I do for you? Uh, I got, I'll got. i write you a check right now. I said, Nothing. Nothing. You can't do nothing. Brother, you got saved. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give the Lord a great praise him for that. Amen. So serving God, listen to me real carefully, covers all your needs. And it will give you uh, what the world cannot offer you. For instance, look at Proverbs 10.22. Can the world do this? The blessing of the Lord makes one what? Rich. And he adds how much sorrow? No sorrow. Now in the world, you can get money. And as a matter of fact, some people become rich, but they have a lot of sorrow. They have addictions. They have alcohol. They have drugs. They have sex outside of marriage. They have divorces. They have their kids that are lost. They hate one another. There's a lot of sorrow in the world. But in God, there is a blessing. That's the blessing of Abraham. And it makes you rich. You can look at the life of Abraham, and it'll make you very successful. But there's no sorrow with it. Tell me uh, who in the world can give you that? How can people that have sorrow give you no sorrow? Huh? Is there anybody in the world that can give you that? Now, they can offer you that and say, I can give you that. But, you know, they don't have the capacity to give you that. They're lying. They have no capacity to give you a life with no sorrow, but God says, I can give you no sorrow. Can you say amen? We have no sorrow. Lift your hand and say, I have no sorrow. Come on, in faith, just say, I have no sorrow. Man, wouldn't that be good if all of you didn't have no sorrow? Lift your hand. Come on, raise your hand right now. There you go. Praise God. Praise God, I have no sorrow. Well, that's the way your life is going to be, and I believe that for you. Can you say amen? Now look at Exodus 23, one of my favorite scriptures. Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26. He said, if you'll serve God, because if you serve God, that is the wisdom of God, and that will cover all your needs if you serve God, right? Serving God, okay? Uh, He said, if you'll serve the Lord your God, He will bless your what? Your bread and water. uh, And I will will take sickness uh, away from the midst of you. Uh, No one shall suffer miscarriage or be buried in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. In other words, you're not going to die before your time. Is there any any organization, any government, uh, any group, or any organization in the world that can give you that? Or is there a person? Can uh, Bill Gates give you that? Can he give you that? Huh? Can somebody extend your life one day? But God says, and I w- listen real carefully. He said, if you'll serve me, I will bless your bread and water. What that means uh, is this, that you will not lack bread and water. Never. Never. If you'll serve God, you will not lack. Number two, uh, you, not only will you have food, but you'll have appetite to eat it. How I many of you know there's a lot of people who don't even have appetite to eat the food? They'll go, ooh, yuck. Yuck, and it it's good food. Yuck, I don't have appetite. I'm going to eat with my family at uh, 1.30 uh, 1 today, like we do every Sunday. I have appetite. I'm going to sit down and eat, and I'm going to eat and enjoy it, right? But this is what that means. He'll bless your bread and water. You will have appetite. But not only appetite, but your food will do you good, right? Remember Sarah? She was a beauty queen at 60, at 70, 80, and 90. The kings looked at her, and they said, no, she's an old lady. He said, you're kidding me. He said, I want her to be my wife. He said, no, man, she's uh, 80. She's he said, no, you, it, it's not possible. She's more beautiful than all the women. Her body, her skin, her hair, everything, she looked like a girl that was 20 God renewed her. That's why we have Psalms 103, uh, three, verse 5. He says, uh, uh, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed. When God does you blesses your food, your food does good to you, and it renews your body. Can you say amen? amen. Psalms 105, verse 3. That's very, very powerful. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Let me say this. If, you're, if your body is not being renewed daily, monthly, and yearly, you're in a dying process. You're going to die if your body doesn't renew. But it will not renew itself unless God puts his blessing on your food, right? And look what he says. He will remove all sickness from you. Who, who, who can do that? Can a doctor, when you go to a doctor and he said, I will guarantee you will not be sick. No, he's not going to say that. And what doctor can say uh, uh, there will be no barrenness or no sterility in your life? There's no doctor that can tell you that. How about a doctor telling you, and I will cause you to live out your days? Can a doctor guarantee He said, I guarantee you're going to live to be 80. I guarantee you. He can't. No man, no organization, nobody can offer you these things. But God says, if you'll serve me, somebody say, if, you, if I serve God. Say it, I, if I serve God. That's the problem with Christians. A lot of Christians say, it's not working for me. It's not. I don't care if you're saved, born again. You can go to heaven, right? But it's not going to work for you unless you serve God. And if you serve God, then you'll, He will fulfill your days. He's going to offer you this and everything else. You'll cover all your needs if you serve him. Can you say amen? If you don't serve him, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle in this life, right? That's right. So uh, he said he would bless you, and he would bless everything about you. Now, let me say this. When God blesses you, it cannot be reversed. Hello? Hello? Now, years ago, uh, we came one morning, and somebody threw a chicken out there and threw blood. Well, that's witchcraft, you know. But they should have ate the chicken. (laughs) They wasted a chicken. And then uh, uh, during the same period of time, they threw blood. I had a fountain in my backyard, and they filled it with blood. It's witchcraft. Somebody's trying to put a curse on the pastor. You can take my picture, go grab one of my pictures, if you find one, and stick needles in. And not going to do you any good. Uh, God's blessing is upon me. And, uh, and it cannot be reversed. Can you say amen? amen? It cannot. It's impossible. So when you serve God, he's going to bless you. No witch, I don't care if they go see a witch, curandero or whatever, go see a witch or a warlock and say, curse him. And the witch will say, "I cannot curse him. I cannot." Can you say Amen? amen. So, uh, as a matter of fact, we're unpoisonable either. And if they try to poison you, uh, it's like taking ketchup, and they'll put it on potato chips. Just go ahead and eat it. It's not going to do you. Any, it's not going to hurt you. Some people say, "I'm afraid they're going to poison me." Not if you're walking in the blessing of the Lord. They can't poison me. Uh, I'm unpoisonable. I, uh, they can't. Cry, they can't curse me. How are they gonna curse what God has blessed? And I'll prove it to you. Remember Balaam? And now he was an anointed prophet at one time. He was anointed, and then uh, uh, Balak uh, hired him. He said, uh, "I want you to curse Israel." Remember? Uh, he he hired this wicked king. Hired Balaam. He was an anointed. Uh, prophet, and and he could say, and it would happen. He was powerful. And he said, I want you to curse Israel, but look at Proverbs 23, verse 8, and then we'll read 20, and the New Living Translation, he says, but how can I curse those whom God has not cursed? Huh? Can you curse? Can you curse somebody that has not been cursed? No, how can I condemn those whom the Lord has not condemned? Look at verse 20. He says, uh, listen, I received a commandment to bless. God is blessed, and I cannot, I cannot reverse it. When God blesses somebody, it cannot be reversed. That's why we walk struggle-free, anxiety-free, right, uh, burden-free, worry-free. Right? I mean, that's the way we live. We get up in the morning, we start shouting and praising God. When you serve God, you got it made. Can you say amen? Come on, let's give the Lord a, a praise on you. You got it made when you serve God. You know why marriages are falling apart? Because they don't serve God. That's it. How are, they, how are you going to have your marriage work when you don't even serve God? My money's not working, Pastor. I know why. You don't serve God. Uh, if You don't serve God. You're going to struggle, man. You're going to struggle in life. He said it all. Serve me, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Does he lie? No, he said he'd add all things to you if you'll just serve him. Put him first. Can you say amen? Now we'll get to this question. What does it mean to serve God? Right? Now, there's there's a physical aspect. You come and you worship and you come and do things here. That's physical. There's a spiritual aspect. That is praying, fasting for people. Because if you don't fast for people and if you don't pray for them, talking to them, they'll cuss you out, and it's not going to work in their life anyway. You're praying for your mother, or your brother, or your sister, or whatever. They're never going to come to God unless you pray for them because they got a veil over their eyes. And you can say, oh, Son, you better, and you can be like a broken record. You better come. I don't know why you're doing that, coming here at three o'clock in the morning, doing this. They're not going to listen to you. You can talk to your wife or her husband and say, Serve God. They'll, they'll think you're crazy. There's some people who stayed at home today. You know why? Because they have a veil over their eyes. And they have all kinds of excuses. You keep praying for them, they'll hit rock bottom, they'll come to church, right? That's right. Uh, and some people uh, say, Pastor, you mean it's reaching out to people? Yes, it's reaching out to people. Reaching out to people. It's pray. somebody say praying for people, fasting for people, and reaching out to people. When you do that, Uh, you will actually be serving God, and you will become a high flyer. Regardless of your career, your job, or whatever, God puts you in the place you're at so that you could reach people for him. Can you say amen? And in serving him, you will have all your needs covered. All your needs. All your needs. All your needs will be covered. All your needs will be covered. And I testify that in my own personal life. All right? Uh, All your needs will be covered. Okay, now, uh, let's personalize this for a moment. I'm just about through. My time is running out, but I I guess I'd go another hour on this. Uh, But I'm going to personalize this. Well, let's personalize this. How important are you to God? How important are you to God? Hmm? How important? Hmm? How important are you to God? How valuable are you to God? Okay, before we talk about other people, but how valuable are you? Okay, look at John 3, 16. He said, for God so loved, for God so loved, for God so loved the world, that what? That he gave a star. He gave a planet. He gave the universe. He gave gold, silver. No, he gave, that's how valuable you are. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how valuable you are. Look at this scripture, Matthew 16, 26. Tell me if this is not powerful. This is the New Living Translation here. And what do you benefit if you gain the what? And lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? Is there anything worth more than your soul? How about five houses? How about uh, all the oil in this area? Is that worth more than you? God says you're worth more than all this in the, uh, that's in the world. That's how valuable you are to God. Okay? Now look at this one. Romans eight thirty two. We'll see it. We'll read it in both uh, uh, translations. Uh, He says, "Since uh, since he did not spare he even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything?" Now this is for believers. And some of you say, "I don't know if God's going to heal me. I don't know if I'm praying for this car. I don't know if God will give me this little house." Listen, he already gave you the best thing he had. Won't he with what he gave you give you now everything? Right? He'll give you everything if you serve him. If you'll serve him, he'll give you everything. Can you say amen? Uh, King James, he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Can you say amen? Now. How important are those people in your 100 list? How important? How valuable are they? How how valuable are they to God? Hmm? They're very valuable. And let me say this. When you value what God values, then you'll be a high flyer. Then you're serving God. People don't even pray for other people. Christians don't pray. I know you do, hopefully, right? But people don't pray for other people. But they're going to hell, and you just want to just say, I hope they come in. They're not coming in. I guarantee they're not coming in. On my, my list, my top list is President Trump. That's number one. I'm praying for him every day. I believe he's a believer now. And uh, I'm praying for him. And God told me, I want you to pray for the, the chairman of China. Uh, pray for him. Pray for the God, uh, the man over North Korea. Pray for him and pray for Mexico, the government there. So I'm praying for these four, uh, the leaders there, and especially Trump. And uh, and then I start praying for, uh, man, I got hundreds, hundreds in my list. But I I mention every one of them, and I say, Lord, whatever it takes, that person is going to come to you and serve you, and and. And uh, will they come to God? Well, uh, usually they're not going to come to God until they hit rock bottom. This is when people usually wake up and come to God. So we're not praying bad stuff, but we're praying uh, until, uh, uh, whatever it takes. I hit rock bottom when I was 22. When I hit rock bottom then I, I, came, I woke up. I was gonna, You think I was going to serve God? No, I was working, single, girlfriends, you know, <laughs> brother. I wasn't going to serve God. When I hit rock bottom, I said, Jesus, uh, uh, where are you? Said, can, can you help me now? That's right. And all of you here, you know why you're here? Because at one time in your life, you hit rock bottom. That's right. You wouldn't be here. You'd be down there uh, swinging and moving, right? That's right. That's right. So that's human nature. Can you say amen? So what does it mean to serve God? It means this, that you are involved in advancing the kingdom of God. How? Praying, fasting and reaching out, those three things. And when you do that, then you will be uh, really serving God. Christians that don't reach out to people, they're not serving God. Said, I come to church. No, it's when you leave the church. It's when you're fasting and you're praying and you're reaching out to people. Call them and say, hey, how are you? You know, this uh, unbeliever, how are you? I've been praying for you. You know, maybe somebody at work, I've been praying for you. And then you're reaching them out and you're inviting them. Imagine if just you here, listen to me. Everybody look up here. Look, look at me. What if everybody here, uh, turn off all your phones, please. All your phones. Turn off your cell phones. Uh, don't use your cell phones when I'm, I'm here. It's, uh, it's not good because you'll get a text message from the devil and throw you off. Right? Or maybe you're sending a bad text message. <laughs> so just imagine the people here. If all of you would bring one person a week, one person, everybody would bring one person for seven weeks, what would happen? Apart from the kingdom exploding, you would be highly blessed. That's what's holding you back. It's the the me prayers. Me, 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 me. It's me, Lord. It's me. God says, yeah, I know, and nothing's going to come your way unless you put me first. Seek ye first what? And his righteousness, and what shall be added? How many things? Is that any clearer than that? You don't have to ask him for food. He's going to give you everything, Right. But imagine if everyone here brought a person and said, Pastor, uh, I, I, I couldn't do that, all the excuses. But let me say this. What if I changed that and said, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to give everyone that brings a person once a week a million dollars for every person. Brother, uh, by tonight, you say, Pastor, you have a service tonight? <laughs> uh, you don't, I don't have to wait seven weeks. I will fly them in. I will, I will tie them up. Uh, uh, I will crawl with them. You're going to give a million dollars for every person. I mean, uh, Pastor, don't worry, man. I will quit my job tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I'm going to bring seven people here. You don't, I don't have to wait for seven weeks. I'll bring seven a week. I'll bring seven tonight. You have a service tonight in Spanish, right? He said, yeah. Uh, Don't worry, Pastor. I don't care if they speak English or Spanish or not. I'm bringing them. I'm bringing them. I'll bring them in here. But let me say this. Those $1 million, that does not compare with what God offers you. Could that million dollars extend your life? Could that million dollars give you happiness and peace and joy? But God said, I'll give you the money, I'll give you everything, but I'll give you more than money can buy. You see, Christians are caught up in the me stuff. Let me ask you, don't raise your hand. In the time that you've been saved as a Christian, what is it, 10, 15 years, 20 years? How many people have you brought to the Lord? Huh? How many? How many? How many have you brought to the Lord, you see? You've been saved? You're a Christian? How many have you brought to the Lord? The most important thing, Jesus values a soul above everything. Say, so what would you give for for your soul? How many people have you brought? Huh? And we call ourselves serving God. No wonder your needs are not covered. Pastor, I have this sickness. I have all this. Well, if you start serving God, you won't. I'm 71, and I'm just getting started. (laughs) Right? And people talk about hard times. Listen, I went through my hard times. When I came out from that uh, Vietnam War, that was my hard times here. After that, life was easy. And I was still struggling, but when I I committed myself to serving, what did I do when I when I got committed to God? Man, I started reaching out to people. I had a, I connected with a guy. He was uh, air controller. Then his dad was over the all of the Albuquerque. Uh, he was a pilot before, but he he was over air top air controller of Albuquerque. Got to know that family, and. Uh, man we were every day off work we witnessing reaching people to god man touching lives Uh, my life just started flying man (laughs) i went up and kept on flying and my life has been a an inclined plane since then i've been flying that's what will do what will happen to you if you start serving god that other stuff of just coming to church sitting doing nothing. that's not serving god you better start serving God if you want what God uh, has for you. And remember, we're not doing him any favors. God doesn't need anything. He doesn't. We need him. Can you say amen? Are you ready to serve him? I said, are you ready to serve him? What if I gave you a million dollars for every person? Oh, yeah, you'd bring them. You'd bring them. You'd be right on the phone as soon as you got up. Say, uh, hi, how are you? Come on, in, uh, I want to invite you. You'd be, man, you'd be calling 100 people. Per, oh, I'm going, uh, come on, I'll give you an ice cream, something. I'll take you out to dinner. I'll bring you. Uh, just come with me. Uh, just come with me to church, man. Right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, you'd be doing all kinds of tactics, right? You'd be calling the mover woman, right? You'd be moving. You'd be the high roller. Say, man, I can see the millions coming now. Praise God. Let's stand up. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, let's close our eyes. Man, 721. Oh, wow. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, any of you here has never given your life to the Lord, quickly raise your hand so I can pray for you. You've never given your life to God. You're, you're not sure where you're going. Everybody here saved? Everybody saved? Okay. Would you raise your right hand? Would you please? Now rededicate yourself to God and tell the Lord you're going to serve him. Tell him. Tell him you're going to serve him got to start praying for people. You're going to start fasting for people, not fasting for yourself, fasting for other people. Then you're going to have to start reaching out to people. People need it. People are looking for answers, I going to tell you. People are looking for answers. They need a way out. They say, man, I wish there was a way out. You have it. You, you tell them. Talk to them. Tell them what God has done for you in the name of Jesus. The people that are, are sick now, if you have any kind of disease in your body, how many of you believe that by His stripes we were healed? You believe that? Put your hand on your sickness right away. Fits all over your body, if you have diseases or a sickness, a heart disease, a hypertension or whatever, place your hand over your heart and let's believe God right now in the name of Jesus. Father, by the authority and the power of the name of Jesus, I curse this disease and I curse this sickness right now. And if you're going to serve God, that sickness has to leave you because Jesus, God said, if you'll serve me, I will take all sickness away from you. And, Father, based on uh, Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26, we call it done, Father. And we declare ourselves healed in Jesus' name. We raise both hands now and say, I, I receive my healing. Say it right now. I receive my healing. I got it, Father. I, I receive my healing in Jesus' mighty name.